1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bicara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Norhadi, your house, and I'm speaking now with Patrick Rigoni. Uh, he is a founding partner at the Smart Chain International. Uh, this is a supply chain consulting theme focused on demand-driven transformation. Thanks for joining us and welcome to Bicara Supply Chain, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Okay, so today's topic is how the supply chain agility delivers a value. But before that, can you please brief about yourself, your professional background, and what do you do at the smart chain?
2: Okay, so uh, I'm a by training I'm a molecular biologist, uh, but after my PhD, I decided to leave academia and join the industry. So I've started as a production manager at Johnson and Johnson. And then I moved into different roles. As I say, first production, then I went into operational excellence. I became a Six Sigma Master Black Belt, a Lean Assessor. And I started moving more and more into supply chain projects and strategic sales and operation planning type of projects. Until uh, then, in in 2013, together with uh, two friends, uh, we established uh, Smart Chain. So Smart Chain, uh, as you say, is uh, management consulting, uh, We have a strong background in both industry and and consulting, and our focus is really operation uh, and supply chain excellence. So we help our clients uh, define transformation strategy and roadmap for major supply chain transformation to become demand-driven, as you say. And then we help them uh, navigate through them. So uh, when you as a client uh, are facing this kind of transformation, It is like being down in a valley and and looking up at the top uh, of the mountains. And you think, okay, how how will I get up there? Uh, In reality, it's really a series of steps to get to the top. And we act like the Sherpas uh, that 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 lead you there. Uh, So we have developed over the years a very robust methodology to to take all the steps necessary for a successful and, and especially sustainable transformation.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. The first question I would like to ask is related to the agility itself, where uh, we may define the agility is ability to manufacture, to deliver uh, the product and service with short time while uh, providing enhanced value to customer. So, what is your view on this, Patrick? Why is this become uh, becoming very uh, essential now?
2: Uh, Yes, I I fully agree. This is pretty much how I would define agility myself. And and we thought about that in the past. And we we came to our uh, definition and we came to uh, agility as flexibility plus responsiveness.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Flexibility is is bending without breaking. Okay. How far can I dial up or down uh, your operation without breaking it? Uh, and you can do on several dimensions. It could be on volume, number of products, uh, whatever. And responsiveness is how quickly can you do that? So responsiveness is key because you may have the flexibility like to double the output of your factory, but if it takes you six months to do that, then this is a little value. And we see today how, how quickly you need to, to be able to react. And then you you mentioned the fact of providing enhanced value to the customer's. And I really like that because that is uh, that is really at the core of the supply chain methodology that we promote at Smart Chain, where every decision to buy, move, or or make something must be tied to, to actual customer needs. Mm-hmm. So really the objective is, is to create an organization that can sense the changes in the market, then innovate and, and, and adapt uh, very very quickly. And... Right now is essential more than ever. Uh, but but the thing is that in reality it was already essential yeah. in, in the past few years. And I, I'm sure your audience is probably familiar with the, the VUCA terminology. Okay, the VUCA mm-hmm. where V is volatility. Well, guess what? We are right now in a very volatile environment. Uncertainty. Uh, it's very uncertainty we really don't know what what will happen in the future i, I was just hearing yesterday that many organizations corporations are they stop giving earning guidance because they, they really they really just cannot tell what what will happen yeah so complexity i mean we, with so many interconnections and interdependencies in, in the supply chain you you really lose visibility of the total system and you lose visibility of the cause and effects and then ambiguity um it, it's all fuzzy we, we have plenty plenty of data we today today it's not an issue anymore to to collect data and to yeah. have data mm-hmm. but that, then you are in a problem like i don't know do, do you know the books like the, the where is valdo books uh where you have these hundreds of, of of characters there and but to find out the relevant information—that's that, the difficult things. Yes. So this this Vuka is growing constantly since since years, uh, and just now in the last few months uh, it, it went into a, an exponential phase. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it's become essential. It will become vital uh, for the survival of the companies. Absolutely, really?
1: yeah. And so, what are the major challenges to achieving uh, supply chain agility and how to overcome them?
2: Well, that's a a great question. Uh, The major challenge is that, unfortunately, there is not such a thing like uh, an agility module that you can just buy and plug it on your supply chain and and there you go, okay? So, it's not so simple. So, you have uh, really two roads that you can follow. One road, I would call that the the traditional road, which is where 95% of the companies will will follow. And then there is an alternative road, which is maybe 5% of the company, the the early adopters uh, that follow this road, but with huge success. And and which is by the way, the the road that that we promote. And and, and let's explain the, the traditional road, okay? once you are you're down a, a, a road the natural things for you to do is what well, to continue down that path and try to get incrementally more efficient and how you do that well by by improving with technology it automation artificial in, intelligence and so on so so you try to get better and faster so what's the problem uh, with that so to to understand this we need to go back to to the 60s where the fundamental rules for planning supply chains were codified in in the core of our planning system. So all of today's planning system are built on those rules. And all of our processes like sales and operation planning are built uh, around those rules uh, to accommodate them. And uh, let me give you a a couple of examples. Mm -hmm. Now, these rules, they force you to use a forecast as the primary input for your supply chain planning. Now, we know that forecasts uh, have always been inaccurate. And right now, with this COVID-19 crisis, uh, we can say that they are probably absolutely useless. Now, the traditional road call for investing in improving forecast accuracy. And and that's what companies do. They invest huge amount of, of money uh, to do that. But guess what? You can improve forecast accuracy pretty well in the short term. And I've seen really great AI tools with machine learning that, that can do that. But really it's in the medium term where where you need that because if you are going to source a raw material which has a, a, a three-monthly time, well, knowing exactly what you will sell next week is a very, is a very little help, okay? Now, and, and there are data and studies that show that overall forecast accuracy isn't improving, and in fact, uh, in, in in my opinion, this is a lost battle because you get diminishing returns uh, at, at every investment. The second thing is that once you have done your plans with your forecast and everything looks perfectly, uh, with your supply and demand perfectly balanced, then guess what happens? Well, something always happens. Um, uh, the forecast changes, for instance, uh, because it does that all the time. Well, that's that's mm-hmm. the VUCA. and 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 because of these rules, every time you change the forecast and and and, and you and you repropagate the demand through your supply chain, well, all hell breaks loose. Uh, this is called the bullwhip effect, and, and it forces you to constantly realign your plans and and to do a lot of firefighting. So typically. The net effect is you end up with what we call the bimodal distribution of inventory, which means that on one on one side you you have plenty of materials that that you don't don't need or you don't sell anymore. At the same time, you have stockouts and and, and lost sales and, and and shortages of components, uh, and which are disrupting your manufacturing and and so and then you spend a lot of money in expediting to to try to correct this situation. Now, the traditional solution to this is to get more efficient and faster uh, in reacting to to these changes and realigning your supply chain. And this, of course, involves uh, investment and use of better and better uh, technology. Now, if you want to go down that road to, to become more agile, you can, you will find plenty of technology uh, to help you in that, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, the alternative road, which is uh, the one we promote, is a little bit different. It, on this road, what we you, you fully accept that forecasts are inaccurate, and it's not worth investing too much effort in making them more accurate, because it's mostly wasted effort anyway. So the idea is how to make your supply chain less exposed to forecast accuracy, make it resilient, agile, and able to adapt quickly to changes. Now, how do you do that? Well, you change the, the rules at the very core of your supply chain planning. So what we, what we do, we, we select a specific decoupling point in, in, in your supply chain, and then you, you put stock buffers in these points. Now, these are not safety stock. They really uh, behave different. Uh, in a buffer, all inventory is, is meant to be, to be consumed. Now, when you do that, there are two things that happens. Yeah. First is the bullwhip stops. You don't propagate the bullwhip and this creates stability, which frees up capacity. And the second is that the lead time shrinks. And by proper positioning these buffers, you can now buy, move and make products. Not based on a forecast, but may based on actual demand. And by actual demand, I mean either a customer order or a pull signal generated by by a downstream buffers. So what you are really doing is pull at the enterprise level, supported by technology. Because of course you you still uh, need technology, and you still also need the forecast to to help sizing these buffers. But it doesn't need to be perfect because those buffers. Represent a range of capability, and they can absorb quite some swing in in demand or or supply disruptions. Mm. So then you continuously uh, monitor these buffers and and adapt them as you sense that things are changing in the marketplace. So this gives you enormous uh, agility and resilience. And and I have heard several uh, time, uh, f- for instance, one one of our clients, it's a shell lubricant. Mm-hmm. So we implemented this approach uh, to the entire shell lubricant supply chain. And, and it is, as per today, uh, probably, no, not without probably, the, the biggest implementation of, of demand-driven worldwide, worldwide. And and they went through several supply uh, uh, crises in, in the past uh, few years, but they were able to navigate through them and keep a very high customer satisfaction and now with the demand crisis uh, look ju- just yesterday a, a manager there told us they were able to drop and realign their plans to to the new net levels uh, very quickly and and we hear that over and over again from our clients or also from other other people that do that they say look i, I had this crisis and i truly don't know how we would have survived this without the DMRP. Mm-hmm. By the way, DDMRP is is the technical name beyond these new inventory management rules for positioning, sizing, uh, and managing uh, those buffers. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some challenges in doing uh, in going down this road, uh, and, and here they are. Uh, while the technical changes necessary uh, to to do that are relatively easy to achieve, these changes they will really impact all the processes of the company. So the interaction between planning, production, sales, finance, logistics, even HR. And then there are the matrix and and KPI system that connect uh, all these functions. So very often we see company that go and and do the technical changes. So they, they go and buy a DDMRP software, they implement DDMRP in the factory or in the distribution network. And, and they immediately achieved some dramatic improvements, like 100% service with 20, 30, 40% less inventory, lots of responsiveness, 90% reduction in, in expedited, but then only to find out that now they have a company that works with two different philosophies that are fundamentally incompatible with each other and they don't understand each other and 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 then the risk is that the changes are not sustainable okay they they need to realign the entire company so change management is absolutely key so if you want to dry out uh a ddmrp you you better understand this impact and and here is where for instance we as march we, we can come uh, and help these companies mm-hmm.
1: great nice
2: um another thing i
1: would like to ask is um what advice can you offer to help business leaders to take the first step when they wanted to implement the agility in the supply chain?
2: Well, uh, I think first uh, you need to take a hard look at how you operate today. Uh, you need to ask you uh, the, these questions. Uh, mm-hmm. The problem of driving your supply chain by forecast, do you experience a bimodal distribution and changes in priority in your plans? Do you experience silos thinking and behavior in the company? Mm -hmm. Do you understand how these symptoms are all correlated to each other? Now, if you do that and you can answer those questions, then then it's a great start because you started thinking systemically and understand the root causes behind these issues. So Mm -hmm. now you can start working on the solution so you must reduce the lead times to get more responsive and you must build buffers to absorb variability and, and and give you the flexibility that you need so and and when you do that as i say you will free up capacity which is absolutely a uh, a key uh, a key element to do that now in the in the very very short term uh, we are looking at this cl- crisis of course uh, Uh, these are medium-term solutions. okay? In the very, very short term, it's about survival. I think cash management uh, is key. And and I say cash management, not cost management, okay? These these are two different things. So if if your market asks you 5,000 pieces of whatever you sell, but you produce 10,000 to be more cost-effective, then in reality you are burning cash, okay, and you are consuming precious materials that you may need tomorrow to produce something else. So in a situation where you're facing a supply crisis, that's almost the worst things you can do. So forget your fully absorbed unit cost for a moment and just produce what the market requires and, and focus on, on the cash management. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, uh, as I say, uh, start looking at how to Reduce your lead time create build buffer to to create flexibility education there there's plenty of of new things you can learn the, these tools and methods to do that exist now they didn't ten years ago, but now there is a formal and standardized approach to do all these things and and you can move pretty fast because you don't have to reinvent the wheel okay in fact, in just a few months. You can already some some major improvement in that in that direction with, with, with the right guidance
1: yeah <clears throat> great okay so before we close our conversation today uh what's other thing you like to share to our listener uh, especially related to this uh, agility in supply chain any kind of uh, like k way or summarize from our discussion
2: well, uh, the the key takeaway is that well, th- there is no not uh, not an easy road to to become more agile. Um, I, but as I say, since since ten years there are some very innovative approaches uh, out there, and you may want to look uh, into that. And as I say, you 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 have two choices: uh, force technology uh, on on the problem, uh, or or try to redesign your operational model. Model uh, for, uh, for agility so so this is really for me the, the, the key takeaway. It will be a challenge it will be absolutely uh, a, a challenge, but I think uh, as you say, now more than ever it's the time to really rethink your your operating model and and, and start thinking how to make it more agile from, from the design phase uh, so that that's for me the key message.
0: At Vichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share Vichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.vicharasupplychain.com.